0: Chapter 17 of Wandle the Invader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty in Orchid, California. Wandle the Invader by Ray Cummings. Chapter 17 They are visible. Molo turned from the eyepiece of his electro telescope do you want to see them greg haljan we were in the forward control and observation turret of the star streak molo and his sister mika venza anita and myself unobtrusively squatting on the floor was a small gray rat-faced fellow put their weapon in hand to watch us he was a ruffian from the underworld of grebhar a member of the star streak's pirate crew We were some ten hours out from Wandel. A group of four of the globular Wandel ships were with us, strung in a line some ten thousand miles to our left. We had been heading diagonally towards Mars. Some fifteen other Wandel vessels were ahead, and others following. We were no more than fifteen million miles from Mars when Molo sighted the Allied ships. Will you observe them, Greg Haljan? I moved to take his place at the scope grid, with the gaze of Anita and Venza upon me. They sat huddled together on a low bench against the back curve of the circular turret. It was dim here, with little spots of instrument lights and the radiance coming in the glass sight plates of the encircling dome. The loss of Snap had put a grim look upon the girls. They were dispirited, docile, with Mika they had hardly had a word with me. I think that all of us had about given up hope during those hours. Molo had consulted me several times with his policies of navigation, but I saw no chance to trick him. He was indeed far more experienced than I, and more skillful in celestial mechanics. I worked with him. I learned the operation in the handling of the star streak, which was not greatly different from the Cometara or the planetara. Poor Snap. He and I had planned to capture and navigate this star streak. We could have handled her. There were, I gathered, some fifteen men aboard her now, but no more than two or three were engaged at the navigating mechanisms. Even they could be dispensed with at times, for the ship's controls were all automatic, handled directly from the forward turret. I learned, too, something. Though not much of the Starstreak's weapons, they were similar to those of the Allied ships, since Molo, in equipping his pirate craft, had seized upon all the best he could find of the Three Worlds. The Starstreak during this flight towards Mars was in close communication with the Wandel craft. There was a giant vessel, the War, off to our left now. It carried the brain master in command of the Wandle forces. Molo took his orders from the war, but since his equipment and his weapons were wholly different, the Star Streak was set apart. I can do what I like, Molo told me. With my own judgment, I can act. You shall see. You've had plenty of experience, Molo, have I not? The terror of the star ways, your world called me. He chuckled vaingloriously. I must justify it now act do not talk mika commented sourly children with toys make speeches like that and then the toys get broken fear not sister never again will the star streak come to grief and now i gazed through the scope at the waiting allied ships they were lying some eight million miles off mars I gazed and saw the poised little group there were perhaps fifty of them the majority were martian long low and very sharp-ended and dull red in color the whiter earth and venus ships were silvery and drab i could distinguish the several different types of craft in this hastily assembled fleet many converted commercials like my ill-starred comatera a few rakish police ships and about a dozen of the long, narrow, supermodern warships. It was their first voyage into battle. They had only been built these past few years. By peaceful governments that protested there never again would be another war. The little fleet was lying waiting for us. It was being augmented by occasional other ships from Mars. They saw us coming now. The radiance of a Benson curve light enveloped them with a shaft toward us the image of them shifted over a million miles to one side molo laughed when he saw it protecting themselves already but we are not going to attack them there the first tactics of the wandl commander surprised me we swung away from the course to mars and headed diagonally toward earth and venus earth was the nearer to us with venus some forty million miles beyond her for hours we turned in that sweeping curve then With our Wandel convoy following, we headed for Earth. I could not help admiring the way the star streak was handled. She turned more sharply than the Wandel craft, and before our next meal we were leading them all. Would the Allied ships follow us? It was immediately apparent they were coming, but from their poised position, hours of attaining velocity would be needed. The other Allied vessels approaching from Venus and Earth checked their flight and turned after us. We passed within five or six hundred thousand miles of several of them. I found now that some twenty other Wandl ships, leaving Wandel after us, had headed directly for Earth. We were all together, presently. The Star Streak and nearly fifty Wandl ships gathered close to one side of the moon. The Allies, about a hundred of them, were strung through space, scattered with varying velocities and flight direction, but most of them endeavoring to get between the moon and earth. This was the day. I call it that, a routine of meals which Mika grimly served us in the turret, and a little sleep when she took the curls below and I lay on the turret floor. I wondered who was in command of this Allied force, and did not learn until afterward that it was Grantline the comatera had fallen upon the moon apennines not very far from where my old planetara still lay near the base of the archimedes but grantline and a few of his companions with their powered suits had struggled free from the gravity pull of the wreckage and a few hours later a ship out from earth picked them up grantline on one of the earth police ships commanded the fleet now and he afterward told me in detail how he endeavored to conduct his forces in the battle, thus enabling me to describe it from both viewpoints. He had been cruising towards Mars when he saw us make the turn. He thought a landing upon Earth might be planned and hastened all his ships into the area between the moon and the Earth to cut us off. But that was what Wandl wanted. The Wandel ships, with the star streak among them, made a complete slow circuit of the moon. It took another day. Molo said very little to me in explanation of the Wandel tactics, but I could see that the object was to lure Grantline into the following. A few of the Allied ships did follow us round, but not many. The rest stayed carefully guarding the line between the moon and earth. There had been no encounter yet between the hostile ships. The huge distances involved in the engagement must be kept in mind. The gravity rays from the Wandel ships were only a slight disturbing element at such a long distance. Grantline's Z-rays and Benson curve lights were defensive only. For offense, Grantline's electronic guns and other weapons were of varying range, but none for such distances as these. Wandel seemed unwilling to begin the battle, and Grantline was cautious as well. He did not know what weapons these strange globular vessels would use. His only experience had been our encounter with the whirling disks. Then, at the end of the second day, came the first clash. The star streak, and all the wandle ships were again clustered on the Earth's side of the moon. They were hovering perhaps twenty thousand miles above its surface. Grantline's force was a hundred thousand miles off toward Earth. One of the wandl-ships came tentatively forward, and Grantline sent one of the new-style warships to meet it. They encircled each other, both were cautious. But there was a passing within fifty miles. The earth-ship fired her bolts. The insulated barrage of the wandl-ship withstood them. There was a shower of either, sparks close to the ship, and a reddening of the hull, but nothing more. It seemed that the electro-barrages of the Wandle and the Allied ships were not very similar in nature, An Aura of electromagnetism enclosing the ship like a curtain fifty feet away absorbed the electronic stream of the enemy bolt. The wandle ship flung no bolts. She loose a score of the whirling disks during the passing. They were of varying sizes, but similar to those which cut and wrecked the cometara in this instance the grantline ship was able to destroy each of them as it came close this was the first encounter the earth warship went back to its squadron and the wandl vessel rejoined its fellows it had fired no bolts grantline suspected now what afterward proved to be the fact these wandl vessels were not equipped with long-range electronic guns and wandl defensive tactics were necessary They feared a widespread encounter. They were hovering in a compact group, covering a 500-mile area over the moon's surface. Their purpose was not yet apparent, but Grantline saw now that one of the Wandl ships was dropping down and landing on the moon. It skimmed the Apennines and landed not far from Archimedes. What was that for? Grantline noticed that the lowering, closely-gathered Wandel fleet tried to mask the landing, and their gravity rays, with repulsive force, darted out to impede the Grantline vessels should they try to advance. This earthward hemisphere of the moon was now largely in shadow, but Grantline's Z-ray magnifiers showed the vessel on the moon. Apparatus was being unloaded. It seemed, down there on the rocky moon plain of the foothills of the Apennines, that some extensive, elaborate base was being prepared. It was for this the hovering Wandle fleet was waiting, holding off from conflict until this moon base was ready. When Grantline reached that conclusion, he ordered all his vessels forward to a general attack. End of Chapter 17 Read by Marty in Orchid California.